0: Yeah,
1: I mean I've seen a top-down approach to that. It didn't work too well. Um, so I you know, I think it's a grassroots effort. I think you have to, you know, one idea is you could hold an office hours session, you know, every every month and invite different teams to, you know, to stop in and or even do it online, you know, it, you know, have you know, have a Zoom meeting once every other week and invite different, you know, different areas to the meeting and and you know, go over test ideas or just have discussions.
0: So, so Jason, for those of us, for those of our listeners that are tired of just hearing you and I ramble on just by ourselves and whatnot, we actually have a special treat the next couple of weeks. We have a a guest joining us for the next couple of weeks to talk about optimization. So I can hear the size of relief now that, you know, they actually have a different voice to hear. Uh, We're so on show. sick
2: of hearing from Jim and Jason, but 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 you <laughs> yeah. know this
0: introduces a
2: new uh, logistical challenge. Why is that? Well, when you introduce our guest, I think people will see why this is going to be. We're going to have to work yeah, out. Very
0: a flow true. Here. Yeah, all names begin with J's. Um, <laughs> so, joining us this week in the next couple of episodes is uh, Jason bull who is a principal analyst and optimization strategist here at 33 Sticks, um, to talk about optimization programs. And today we want to talk about, you know, how do you stand up an optimization program? So let's start from the beginning with that on the topic. But before we dig into that, Jason, welcome. So Jason Ball, welcome. See, that's, thank you. That's, uh, that's going to be
2: the logistics the. Logistic
0: I know. Link. <laughs> I know, and that's why I I I, I did that on purpose. Um, you know, thanks for taking the time to to chat with us today. So before we get into our topic at hand, one of the things we like to do when we have people join us um, is tell our listeners a bit about yourself, like you know how you got into this space, working with optimization programs, AB testing, and whatnot. Uh, tell us a bit about your journey.
1: Yeah, sounds good. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm you know a long time listener. First-time participant, so this is fantastic. Looking for the next first-time caller. Day. Yeah, yeah, first-time caller. Anytime we talk about optimization, is is fantastic. But first, I have to say I, I'm I'm in a fantastic mood today as well. So I'm representing uh, North Allegheny the Cross today. My both my sons are on this team. So I have a senior. Uh, he he's uh, what's called a long stick defensive mid, and I have a freshman, and he's more like an offensive guy. But they're both playing This is the first playoff game. In western Pennsylvania so in the playoffs this this year so and I've coached both both these guys you know I don't see this but here they are I've coached both of them for since they were in kindergarten um, all the way up through eighth grade so and then everyone on the field tonight all the players from like the 12th grade I've coached them for the last couple of years so you know I can't talk about myself without talking about my kids um, And and lacrosse is just a fantastic sport so I'm excited about tonight but you know enough about enough about that um how i got into this industry is it's it's actually an interesting story so i was a financial planner for about 8 or 10 years and i kind of knew maybe halfway into that career that it just it, it wasn't for me i wanted to give it a, a really good shot but there were some things about it i just didn't like it didn't didn't sit with who i was as a person So I was starting to make a transition out of that career path, and I ended up at uh, Vanguard, the mutual fund companies, you know, one of the biggest fund companies that's outside Philadelphia and Malvern, PA. I had a couple jobs there, but my last job there, I was offered the opportunity to be their first uh, manager of, of web optimization so you know talk about like standing up a program you know that was you know the first job i had in this space we were standing up a program so um, that i did that for a couple years and that was a nice really nice introduction into into this whole space Um, picked up some some different tools and in processes and things like that um from there i i took a move out to out the pittsburgh and the Dick Sporting Goods is right outside, you know, right outside the airport, the headquarters of Pittsburgh. And I led the optimization program there for a couple of years, um, you know, large retail e-commerce space. Um, another great experience. Um, they had a fantastic team there. So much fun. Um, and then um, after that, I ended up at Merkle, which is, you know, a large, a large agency. So I, I switched over to you know the agency side, worked with a, a lot of really nice clients there Um and then I met Jason through um, a, a mutual friend of ours, Mr. Uh, Brian Hawkins. Uh, <laughs> Brian and I worked together at, at Dick Sporting Goods. He, he was a consultant there. And I, I really liked, you know, what he was doing and his approach. And um, so I got really lucky for Brian to introduce me to Jason. And, you know, said, hey, you know, they're, they're looking for someone to help out monetization. And I thought it was, you know, I think Jason and I kind of both agreed it was a perfect fit um so you know i've been with 33 sticks for i mean i don't know over three years now but you know i don't i don't count the days because it's all so much fun you know it's it's really it's a great group here and i uh, just love what i do so yeah well that's a little bit about me
2: and we didn't and we didn't prep jason to like you know give us props or anything that was that, that was just pure as pure could be <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's nope how we I did feel, not man. that's how i feel yeah. um jim do you have a list of questions because you know once i get started like i'm gonna just be like yeah
0: yeah i mean like my my questions are really just based to you know based on getting the conversation started so i really where i kind of want to start is is like you know, and Jason, you actually bring up a good point with your experience with, with Vanguard and actually like standing up a program there and kind of being on the forefront there. Um, what was involved with that? And, and in general, what do you see? Is what are some of the key first steps in getting a program um, stood up?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And it's it's not only like like standing up a program, but also maintaining the program, right? So um, making sure there's some legs behind it. I, I think the most important thing is the people. Um, you, you need the right you need the right people in place, and and I don't necessarily just mean the people that are that are doing the day to day, the tactical work. Um, you need an advocate at a pretty at a, at a pretty high level within you know within the group and that advocate um you know helps helps with funding helps with hiring but you need someone to champion at a high level the cause and then to also like bring you know bring their peer group in um and and I'll give you an example of where that really where that really I saw that very clearly and that was at that was at Dick Sporting Goods and um just had some great advocacy all the way up to like the you know some of the some of the vice presidents there And, um, and that spread that spread down to the directors who, you know, we did a really cool gamification concept, which we can talk about at some point, Um, but it spread down and, and, and the team was built like a permanent team was built out of the right people. Um, So I, I think it comes down to, you know, having the right advocate in place um, and then you can build your team from there, you know? Um, So, you know, the culture is super important to, to make sure, um, you got the support you need because, you know, it's not it's not easy work sometimes
2: in um, in thinking about standing up an optimization program is is part of that process thinking about where that program should live within organizations or has that decision already been made? And then we, we go and and build it.
1: That's a great question, and I think it needs to be thought through a little bit before you know the program is is stood up. Because you know, I, I've seen optimizations programs in the in the marketing section. I've seen them. I've actually seen them in the IT um, section. You know, in the business. So, and it does make a difference. And I'm not necessarily sure it's a one size fits all. I don't know that there is a perfect answer like it should always be in this. And I, I you know, I think that depends upon the culture and the company and. And how it's set up, but it definitely should be thought through because if it's in the wrong spot, um, it's really hard to get a lot of cross-functional buy-in and you'll just, you'll lose some things. You'll lose like test ideation opportunities and, um, think key things that help drive the program and keep it moving.
2: Um, in thinking about so so once you've kind of well let me let me pull let me go down that path a little bit because I, i i think it's one of the challenges we've seen with with organizations over the years is that yeah i i agree with you i don't i don't think there's a one size fits all there there definitely needs to be thought put into for our organization where should it live um but let's talk maybe pros and cons a little bit. Are you able to share kind of hey when we've seen it live in marketing? Here's the the good stuff. Here's the bad. When we've seen it live in engineering, here's the good. Here's the bad.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'll, and I guess I'll bring in some of the some of the dev work because because dev is so important. In optimization. You know, you really need. Um, someone who's strong on the development side. And I'm not saying like the optimization program like resides in the IT department. What I'm saying is if it, let's say it resides in the marketing department and you see all these tools out there for optimization, they have these whizzy wigs that you can go in and easily build uh, an AB test and launch it in five minutes or whatever. Um, that's not always the right thing to do. Um, so you know, because there, you know, there's so many moving parts to sites. I'm not saying don't use WYSIWYGs, you know, when they're when they're appropriate, but um, it's it's it can be dangerous at times. I, I see a lot of downside to just kind of handing over the keys and being like, hey, we don't, you know, we don't need dev. and And the reason I bring that up is, I recently I'm seeing a lot of um, some companies where they're just the IT resources are very. Um, uh, Restrained or constrained, like they're not available for optimization, and that 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 you know that that's painful to hear because some of the best tests that I've been a part of um, really did you know there was a really some cool dev work in there and we made some fantastic things that themselves in great results. So from you know from the marketing department, obviously you have you know you can see you know like the traffic coming into the site and trying to improve campaigns and things like that, but. Um, I think there's a little bit of a downside there. On the flip side, if it if it falls into, let's say the IT side, I think you have the potential to lose some of the business input um, because you know I mean even you know even yesterday I'm, I'm talking to a product owner you know I need to have those conversations to understand what the business is doing to understand is this a good test idea and how will this test idea actually is, are there impacts beyond what I'm thinking of? Um, so, you know, hopefully that those are a couple of pros and cons of, yeah. about both there.
2: That, that's great. And, and I think one of the things, um, you know, marketing tends to be the dominant place where optimization lives. I think sure. part of that stems from, this this kind of WYSIWYG concept um, because it's such a sexy thing to sell, and so I think vendors know that they marketers definitely want to to test creative, to test copy, to test button mm-hmm. colors, you know. So it it demos really well. Hey marketer, you've always wanted to do this. Now you don't need IT's help. You don't need an optimization strategist. You can go in and just click and 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 do things. and And I think that's great. Getting the the marketing team kind of excited and bought in. But as you've seen, so we're, we've kind of talking about standing up an optimization program from scratch. How often do you see it not necessarily from scratch, but maybe marketing has reached the ceiling of what's possible? And they're like, we want to do so much more, but we've kind of done everything we can do with WYSIWYG. So how much of it is standing up versus saying, okay, now we need to maybe transition ownership to a more optimization focused team?
1: Yeah, that that's a, yeah, that I have seen some. I have worked with some clients who have plateaued, um, and I think, you know, one of the things I was just thinking of is if, if you can demonstrate the value of, of, of the program, um, and what I mean by that is, or, you know, I mean, we're standing one up, but you could even use, like, a case study. But if you can benefit, like, you can run an A-B test and project out the annual impact. Let's say let's say the annual revenue impact of a test winner, right? So we run an AP test, and I think when when leaders see that they they would be more inclined to put some more resources in the program. And those resources, as I mentioned, I think I do think one of the most important resources behind an AB testing program is a strong developer. Um, I've seen it like I've been on the client side on the agency side. I just think that's um, I think that's so important. And, but you really need to show like, wh- why, would, why would the company invest that money there? Because, you know, companies are, are redesigning sites, they're, you know, they're, all these things are changing. And, you know, a lot of times we see these IT resources are just, you know, they're they're locked and loaded in this one specific area. But like, you know, from an optimization standpoint, you know, raise your hand and say, hey, you know, this test could generate $12 million in, in estimated annual impact. Um, so yeah,
2: so let's let's talk about that a little bit whether we're we're talking about standing up a program from scratch or helping elevate an existing program, have you noticed kind of commonalities between the why um, you know I, why are companies doing it? Is it while well, everyone else is doing it while well, we want to increase revenue is have you seen some common themes on why companies are interested in investing in in optimization? Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I, I do. And, and one of them kind of goes to the point, I was just talking about where, where the, you know, the dev resources are taking up are you know, are are already taken up and accounted for. So the, you know, someone like, I, I come in as an optimization manager and I'm, I'm tasked with driving revenue or, or, you know, increasing a metric. Um, you know, what are ways to do that where I can do it quickly? Um, and, and one of the ways to do that is through AB testing, because it's a, it's a quick test and learn, Iterative process. So I think when you you know when I think the commonality there is you have a culture of they're willing to fail, they're willing to test and learn, they're willing to iterate. Um, you know, just this this innovative ex, you know experiential culture where um, they're you know they're, they want to take take some risk, but they they know they need they know they need to make an impact, um, but they just don't know exactly how to get there. So a lot of times this test and learn. Um, is awesome. And, it, and it, you know, some of this comes from usability studies, right? We don't always talk about usability studies, but um, you know you have a company that has uh, a nice usability program set up and, and those findings can also drive into a testing program. So I'd say from you know, talking about like how to start up an optimization program, if there's a usability team in place already, that's a great thing to kind of pivot off of and take those findings and help drive an optimization program there.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's such a great um, insight. And I'm glad you brought up this kind of learn aspect of it. And that um, in, in optimization, we kind of have this promise of quote, being closer to revenue, which, I, you know, from a often analytics is seen as a cost center. So anytime we could say, well, we're influencing revenue, that's a good thing. But mm-hmm. at the risk of if our tests aren't you know, wildly successful in increasing revenue is the optimization program of failure. I think we we're on the same page that there is so much value to it. How do you talk with clients around? I guess a setting the intentionality that every test isn't going to be a winner. If it was, we don't need to test it. We're just going to deploy what we know is going to work. Um, and b helping them understand that the value. Yeah, sure, it's great when we hit a home run and we really increase uh, revenue or conversion. But how do you help them understand that the real long-term value is that these programs, when when stood up right, really increase the velocity of our learning? Yeah. And, and I mean, Jim and I, were we were just on
1: a call a little bit ago, um, an internal call at 33 Sticks. And, you know, we we're doing some knowledge sharing. And this exact topic came up. And, you know, it's... Um, you know, I think the industry win rate is 20, 25%. So win rate meaning, meeting, I run a test, I have a key metric and that metric reaches statistical significance. So, but that doesn't happen a lot. So what's really cool. And this goes back to like how to stand up the program um, and people you you're, in my opinion, you really need someone who's just an all-star with data. It's someone who can look at the data and, um, come up with test ideas. But not only that, when a test is over, if there's no clear winner, there's tons of learning opportunities if if the right people are in place and on the team. And an example is, you know, we run a test, we're trying to add, we're trying to increase add to cart conversion rates, right? So we want more people to add to cart, we want to increase that conversion rate. The test didn't reach significance, but we got this really cool learning that this page is too cluttered. Right, these these things on this page don't make a difference. They're not they're not driving anything significant. In fact, you know they're 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 cluttering up the user experience. So that's a great example of we don't have a test winner, and I can't say oh this test winner five million dollars of Lyft. Um, but this is what we learned, and this is what you know users really want: a cleaner page. They want to be able to get to the details a little easier, um, you know, and, and, you know, it is all about, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be about the bottom line, but it also has to be driven by the, by the customer experience. Like we really want to make that seamless and, um, you know, and painless. So yeah, those learnings are super important, super important. Yeah.
2: Um... So one of the things that we talk about in in building a business and I've talked about with the team and Jim is probably tired of hearing about it is that we often discuss topics that are not relatable or pertinent to where we're currently at today, meaning, you know, we're having discussions and we're like, well, why are we talking about this? Well, we're talking about this because when we double our team size or we're working on more complex problems in the future... I already want to have a framework in mind for how we're going to solve it rather than trying to scramble to solve it in the madness of us being in a different place now. So to that point, whether you're building an optimization program from scratch or trying to reboot one that's collecting dust on the shelf, what things would you advise people to think about to kind of future proof their practice that may not be pertinent today, but as the practice grows and becomes more viable, what things should they be thinking about today so that the program doesn't become at risk tomorrow when it gets big? I, I think it's
1: I think it's all about the process there. I think that the the process from front to back end should be um, should be scalable. you know it's it's you do have to think like hey you know we just we just we're start we're, you know we're, we're we're ramping up this optimization program. okay, yeah, we just ran one test it was yeah, it was great. Um, but you know, a lot of companies want to get to, and I, am I'm, I'm smiling cause there's that, that quantity of tests versus quality of test discussion, which we could have at some point, Jim, maybe, maybe next week or a week down the road, but
2: are you trying, you know, to, tr- companies-
1: are you trying to trigger me here? <laughs> no, I'm not. Do <laughs> it. it. Push a- him, push him <laughs> on it. But it might be a great discussion, you know, cause, um, you gotta have the process in place so that, um, when, you know. When you want to get to a higher level of velocity in your program, it can be easily done. And not only that, you know, people come and go. So, you know, employees come and go, they find other opportunities, things change, business models change, organizations restructure. Um, so you really need that process front to back end. And, and you know, the process starts at, typically starts with the data and goes all the way through how do you ideate a test idea? How do you build out a test brief? how do you get the development team and design team involved? How do you QA the test and how do you read out the results and what do you do at the end? Like, do you, you know, how do you implement a winner or or how do you iterate on a test? So if that process is thought out and documented, um, that, that to me is really how you get some sustainability behind a program.
2: Yeah. I I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, putting in the, the kind of guardrails and governance and just how we do things, it, It seems so unnecessary when it's so new, you know, but if we delay that to the future when now all of a sudden we have all this velocity of testing and people asking for stuff, it's so hard to put the, you know, pump the brakes and say, wait a minute, we need to put some structure around how we do things. It's it's so much easier to put that in place up front. Um, Okay, so let's role play a little bit. You've just been promoted to VP of Marketing Analytics. And the CMO has asked you to build out an optimization team. Um, who do you hire? What I guess what roles do you look to fill? And do those roles need to report up into you, or will there be kind of some dotted lines to other teams that you'll have to kind of facilitate? Some part-time team members that may not report to you but may be important to what you're building out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would go in with like the pie, the the pie in the sky uh, ideal plan. Um, I mean, the the first. Person I would look for is someone who um, has the analytics background, some optimization background, where they can actually manage the program. Um, I would look for someone that has got some process experience. I think that's key. Um, I know in my Vanguard days, I I did a rotation through our Six Sigma shop there, um, which really taught me about process and you know and waste and and all that stuff. So you do need someone who can. Not only lead the program, but also articulate the results and the progress to senior leadership in in those in those key meetings, like throughout the year. So, you know, an optimization manager getting a really good one in there is key. Um, And so, from there, then I would start to build out, like you know, the the actual where the work gets done, Um, and I I would look for a strong data analyst, um, whether it's someone inside the company that has. Shown that they can really dig into the data, generate insights, um, think about things differently, um, or or maybe you hire from outside and get it, you know, just get someone new in there who's got a different perspective or coming from a different industry. Um, like I mentioned before, you need a developer. That's just that's just my opinion. Um, you you could start the program you know, in the market department using the WYSIWYG, but you're not going to get that far because those test ideas can only be so complex. Like, you know, they're going to be pretty simple ideas and you might be able to move the needle a little bit, but you need someone in there who really understands the site.
2: Um, should, who, should that developer be a MarTech developer on your team or can we use someone part-time out of our front-end dev team? Like, is do you have an ideal?
1: Um, that's a great question. I, I You know... I don't have an ideal <laughs> um, because I've worked with amazing developers on both sides. So someone who was in, you know, was dedicated and, and, and reported up through the IT side and then someone who was dedicated and reported up through the marketing side. Um, and I think it just comes down to more of the culture and, you know, how, how that dotted line approach that you mentioned earlier, but the advocacy, like, so, if it was if it was a developer in the IT side, I'd want that person's manager or the director or the vice president there to really be an advocate of the program. So that, you know, if if I if I if you know the, the CEO comes to me and says, hey, we 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 have this test we've seen some weird data here. We want to let's just test like next week. I need to know that like I've got this dedicated resource for however many hours that can like jump on things and move quickly as well. So um, I don't think it matters where the where the person is necessarily. I, I'm more I would be more interested in the the development chops. You know, how, how good are they with you know with 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 the development side of things? Um, but certainly, understanding the site is is huge. I mean, Jason, you know, we've been in countless conversations um, where you know we're working on a an A/B tester project and we run up against the wall because we don't know the site as well as the client knows the site right so um you know getting someone who knows the site extremely well is is important
2: all right let's kind of switch let's play another scenario now you're you're a principal strategist and your friend jim is now the vp of marketing analytics and is being asked to build out a an optimization program what what early mistakes have you seen companies make that are standing up new programs that are avoidable and you would advise Jim to, to be cautious of as he starts to think about building out his program?
1: Yeah. So, Jim, the first thing I would say is, let you know, focus on the process, but most more importantly is, like, is focus on the test ideation. Um, I've seen a lot of programs stumble because the test ideas just aren't there. And so what I mean is you may start your program and you have a couple good test ideas right outside the gate and everyone's excited, but then that, that well kind of dries up, right? So you're not, those test ideas aren't continuing to come in. Um, and, and I'll, I'll bring up this, this one, not, not to get under Jason's skin again, but you know, that velocity discussion, um, You need not only do you need test ideas, you need good test ideas. You need quality ideas. Um, I think Jason and I are on the same page where I'd rather I'd rather have higher quality test ideas and fewer test ideas. I think that's much more important. Um, But but that being said, you need you need to prime that pump. You need to keep those test ideas coming in the front end of that process. That's your input, right? So um, you know, get someone. You know, Jim, go hire someone who's in the data who can you know. Dig into each of your key pages and and figure out what's going on there. And you know, where's the fallout and you know where are we losing business, uh, where where are some sticky points for the for the customer and and use that as a starting point for ideation. But the ideation has to be consistent. It has to happen on a constant basis or it's you're gonna stall out.
2: Yeah, on that, on that velocity topic, I think that that so often happens because Either it's a performance measure given to to organizations or just optimization organizations want to show momentum and that we're doing things. And so how important is it – let's throw the the velocity discussion out. How important is it for a new optimization program to be thinking like marketers internally, meaning – Going out and helping get people excited, educate, share what this new program can do for UX, for product, for you know dot 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 fill in the blank. Super important, and and one of the ways
1: that can be done is is you know asking those people to um, come up with test ideas. You know, go have a discussion with them. You know, hey, you know if if you could do any design you wanted on the website, you know what, what would you want to do? And you know I was you know I was really thinking of you know doing this design on the, on the, on the product page, but I'm getting some pushback. And um, those are, those are, if you can get some advocates throughout the agency, I mean, throughout your company um, to help kind of drive that ideation, they're on board. um, And then they start talking to their peer group and they're like, Hey, I just, you know, I, you know, I I submitted this cool test idea and and it was a winner and, or, you know, we've got a lot of learnings and then, Oh, how do I do that? Um, You know, and then to take it a step further, this gamification concept's really cool. Where uh, I know I, when when I was at Dick's Sporting Goods, we they did a fantastic job at this. But um, we would have we would have employees submit ideas, and they would submit them, and we would uh, throughout the year rank everyone on their winning on their not only the ideas submitted, but really that we would pick what test what test they think would win. And so we keep like percentages and a scoreboard. And that cool. really drove yeah, that, that drove competition. People are like into it and
2: yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that a little bit more as I'm as we're standing up a new program. What sorts of things can we do to make it safe and accepted that we can take in ideation from anywhere in the company? Because, you know, I have worked with companies where teams have been very, very we own the site. You know, we're UX, we own the site, you, you have no say. We're product, we own the site, you have no say. You know, we don't, we're not interested in your ideas. But I will tell you, and it's one data point, but anecdotally, when I was client-side running optimization for an online dating uh, company, uh, I set the culture that I wanted ideas from everybody in the organization. In fact, one of our most valuable tests that we ran was an idea that came from the, uh, the lady that was the receptionist in our lobby. Love it. Yeah, so I love that. How, how can we make how can we make it safe and open and kind of take away these ownership barriers that only UX or only product can have ideas about our digital properties? And how can you create an environment where everyone should be interested in can can participate in that process?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen a top down approach to that. It didn't work too well. Um, so, I you know, I think it's a grassroots effort. I think you have to. You know, one idea is you could hold an office hours session, you know, every every month and invite different teams to, you know, to stop in and or even do it online. You know, it, you know, have, you know have a Zoom meeting once every other week and invite different, you know, different areas to the meeting and, and, you know, go over test ideas or just have discussions. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do I understand your point And it is tough sometimes when site ownership, um, when those kind of walls are put up. Um, and, and, you know, that I I think part of that also goes back to this advocacy, which I'll just kind of stress again, it's, it's hard to keep an optimization program running successfully if it's not advocated at at high levels. And, you know, there's, in my opinion, there's a responsibility for, you know, the the vice presidents, the senior vice presidents to say, all right, um, my team, this is, this is something that's important. You know, I. I'm going to support you guys, you know, who, you know, who's interested in this? How can we get some ideas? But that support has to be there. Or to your point, Jason, they're going to, they're, you know, the walls are going to go up and, and, you know, it's not going to be any good. So, you know, an office hours is a good idea. Brown bag. Um, doing like an online idea submission is is pretty cool. So, you know, you just build it into your SharePoint site or wherever and, you know, have people submit ideas Um, that's, that's pretty safe. Um, And, you know, it only takes a couple ideas and a couple like nice tests to really start spreading the word and and getting, you know, more people involved.
2: So I have two follow-ups and Oh yes, your dog is in the background too. Oh, mine? Yeah, just walk past the door. Oh, he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As as I'm like letting mine go in and I'm, I'm surprised she's other... not like barking like crazy. So. I got the little one
1: in his crate because he, you know, he, he would Frankie this is my little one, he'd bark like crazy. <laughs> Finn, you know, Finn Finn's the big one. He just attacks the window. He doesn't bark as much. He just, <laughs> just like, act like yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh have you seen uh, okay, I'm gonna come back, but have you seen the Instagram reel where the dogs looking out the window, and the owner's like, "Is this what we do all day? What do we do? What do we do? We look out the window. Have you seen that one?"
1: I have. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's so yeah. funny.
2: It's yeah. like, "What we hate that guy. Get out of our yard." <laughs> yeah. If, if you know, if we knew what was
1: with dogs, they could say. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, all right. So let me see if I can remember my my two follow up questions. So you mentioned something about the importance of establishing top level sponsorship of of your program. So if If I'm a newly hired director of optimization and that doesn't exist, or maybe I should be asking that during the interview process, you know, what, what do we do if like, I am at the top and no one else is advocating for the program, but I'm not high enough in the organization to get all of these teams to work together. That seems like a recipe for a disaster. How do I fix that? Sure. Yeah.
1: (laughs) not sure I have a great answer to that. Um, I mean, to me, the only place to go is, is up with that. Like, you know, I, I would... I would just have a frank discussion, you know, with with my manager, whether it's the vice president or you know who who, who it is, and, and I would go in, you know, I, I would go in with a with a solution in hand, um, with a framework in hand. Say, hey, you know, I need more support. Um, here's the benefit, right here. If we can get this thing fully cooking, here here's the benefit. Like we can. There's so much to you know. There really is. Like people think of A/B testing or optimization or personalization there's so much more to it when you really get deep into it and and get the craft and the art down. Um, You know, just things that that we just don't think about. So the more more knowledgeable you are of of what can actually be done, um, that's really the tool you would need to to try to upsell that a little bit and get some more, um, you know, some more momentum. And there, there's tons of use cases in, in, out there in the industry. You know, it'd be easy to look some up, and you know, this is what this is what someone's doing with an optimization program. You know, go go talk to some other companies, right? Go yeah. go, you know, reach out to somebody on LinkedIn, or, or you know, go to a conference and 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 get some you know get some tools in your belt there.
2: And you, 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 as a, as a slight tangent here, you brought up an incredibly valuable piece of career wisdom. And I don't know if you meant to or not, but um, <laughs> as, as a leader, I want, I, I love for people to come to me with problems. It drains me of all my energy for people to come to me with problems and say, now you go fix it. I, I love for people to come to me with creativity, with thought and saying, okay, I've thought about this. Like, here's what I can do different or here's what I need help with or here's mm-hmm. what I propose. And it may not be the ultimate answer, but coming with solutions and creativity is is such a good feeling. Um, and it is such a powerful piece of career wisdom to to add to people that if you're just coming with problems and not proposing solutions, you're going to be limited in your career growth. If you come with solutions... Sky's the limit.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I and I really liked your point about it. could You know, it may not be the ultimate solution, but it would certainly open up some great discussions, right? For sure. And yeah. I, just, you know, you, you get one or two minds together; it's usually better than one mind, right? So, you know, you know, Jim, you're the vice president. We're trying to get this program running. Here's a solution, but hey, did we think of this? You know, because we all have different experiences and backgrounds. So, yeah, could could lead to some really good discussions. Yeah.
2: So I want to go back to one other point, and then I want to make sure um, that. Jim is keeping uh, us honest on staying within in topic here. Cause I know we have future episodes that we want to uncover some things on. Um, but y- y- you mentioned kind of this idea and you, you mentioned the gamification at, at Dick's and other um, other ways to go about it. Um, what sorts of things would you do if it's a new program to get people excited. Like how do you start something like building a gamification or creating uh, an environment where people can discuss testing ideas? Like w- what sorts of things would you do to kind of help create that momentum very early on in your tenure?
1: Um, I I would go, I mean, it sounds simple, but I would just go and have as many conversations as, as I could have. I, I would, you know, I would break it down back down to the people, you know, the people topic we were talking about earlier. Um, because you don't you know you you really only need a couple advocates in the beginning. You, but you definitely need some advocates and you and you need them throughout the organization. So, you know, whether you're you you know, you're down at the cafeteria during lunch, you know, just you know, talk to some people in, in different groups, go to some, you know, go to some other staff meetings outside your your specific group and, and see what they're talking about and ask for five or ten minutes of their time on their agenda. Um, and say, Hey, you know, here's, you know, we're, we're setting up this optimization program. We're super excited. This is what it's about. Um, this is how you can benefit, you know, but oh, we need some help, you know, ask for help. You know, I, I do find, you know, people want to help. Um, they, I, I, you know, I know we're busy at work and, and, you know, people, are, you know, we're asking a lot from people these days, but I also think, you know, people want to help and they, and they want to add value. So, um, you know, I, you know, don't be afraid to ask for that help, you know whether it's a staff meeting or just a one-on-one conversation.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think people want to help. I think oftentimes they're put in positions where it's really difficult to help because they have no idea what what they do and they know what they do, but they don't know how what they do impacts the business or the customer. And that's where I think, you know, in an optimization role, you sitting down with these teams and helping them understand how they impact the final customer can be so important. And to your point, empower them to become part of the the process. And I also think it's just such a great, um, a great exercise to do overall. And I, you know, as an analyst, I would do that as well Is I went and sat with the dev team. I went and worked in the call center for a day and it's incredible how much that opens up our eyes to our role, but it also helps build those connections with teams and see things from a different perspective and help them understand what we're doing where you have kind of this symbiotic relationship where it's really one plus one is more than, than two. And that's where I think magic really starts to happen in an optimization program.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's exciting, you know, and people, you know, I think a lot of times they don't really, you know, you know, people are, they're, they're, they're heads down with their job, but they don't really know like what we could do with these tools. Like I'd say most, you know, A lot of people in organizations, they don't know, Oh, like, really, we can do that. We can test that. Like we have the ability to change this on the site or move this over here and, or test this flow or, you know, take a step out of the checkout process and test that. Oh yeah. So there's just to your point, you know, the more they know, um, the more that, you know, their minds will open up to to different ideas and creative solutions.
2: Yeah, totally. Jim, are we checking the boxes on all the key points that you wanted us (laughs) to to cover in this, in this session?
0: (laughs) We are, we are, and we haven't strayed too much into to the next topic to, like, you know, as we started, Jason's going to be joining us for, for a couple weeks now to talk about this. Um, but to, to start wrapping us up on, on this topic and also to serve as a bit of a bridge into to, to next week's topic, I'm going to continue my role as VP of Marketing and Analytics. And Jason, I'm going to come to you and say, okay, we just purchased this new AB testing tool regardless Ooh, I was of vendors. just thinking
1: about tools. Yeah. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we just purchased this new tool. Um, the, their sales team has everybody in the organization has my boss, um, excited about it. We need to get going. I know you've been telling me about, we need to, to slow down a bit, talk to folks, come up with an ideation process, all of those things. We need to start, you know, capitalizing on the excitement, I get you want to do all of that. We'll get to it. I want us to jump in and just start deploying tests to show activity on this. So
1: is that a question for you? Want you want some input on that now? Yeah, I, that, I just <laughs> that that was
0: my feedback to you. That we just, we we gotta get started and um, we need to start deploying tests. We need to just jump it's right it, on in and start working with the tool.
1: Yeah, because I was ready to start talking about like client service side tools with, you know, which, which, which you know, what tool do we pick? Right. So because that matters, you know, and, and who we have on board. Um, but let's, you know, a lot a lot of clients use Adobe Target. Right. So let's let's just jump in there. Um, hey, Jim, if we're, if we're going to run tests right away, we, we need to here's what we need to do. We need to dig into the data yeah you know, it's going to take me about a week to pull something together. Um, I need someone on, on dev here to help out. Uh, We need to get some dev resources to get into the tool. Um, And and I would also map out like here, here, you know, here's the timeline and here's when I think we can get something launched live on the site. And um, you know, a best practice in testing is to estimate how long a test is going to run before we run the test. It's called a sample size count. And so here's when I think we can get the first test launched. Here's when I think we can have some results for you and then get some feedback from you. Does that work for you? But we definitely, you know, we would definitely need the data to, to get some test ideas there. Um, we could certainly pick some low hanging fruit, you know, for some ideas from usability or or something like that. But, you know, that's where I would start.
0: Do you have any kind of quick wins? You know, let, let's say we're an e-commerce site. You know, do you have any kind of quick wins you would normally say we can go with to even avoid getting, getting the data? Uh, by the way, yeah, I I'm mean, trying I, to trap think... you here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well... I mean, yeah, I get it. But, you know, but but you bring up a good point, like you, we need to go where, where you want to test where the traffic is as well, right? So if you do, and I, there could be different things by a quick win, right? I mean, we don't want to rush something out. But at the same time, um, I'm not going to go test something on a page where there's very little traffic, because, you know, it might take three months to get some results. So, you know, if if I if you wanted a quick win for me, and we really just wanted to get this going to to do a POC and prove it out, you know, you you go somewhere where you got some traffic to the site where you can actually you know make an impact and, and push the needle a little bit. Um, you know, it's not going to be on the homepage, in my opinion. It might be a little further down the funnel.
0: Sorry, Jason, were you about to say something? No. Okay, you, I saw you on mute just <laughs> as I did, so I thought we were going to jump in. So, okay, and, and that's where, like, our, so next week's episode is going to be around what not to do. Um, and, and you said a few things in there that it's like, yes, there are opportunities to get in and capitalize on the excitement an organization has, but you still need to think it through. You can't just, you, would you say it's a bad idea to just say, hey, let's take a few template tests that we've seen done in other places and slap them up and expect the same results.
1: Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a bad idea. I would just say um, you 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 want to customize it, right? You want you want to you want to think it through a little bit from the standpoint of your business model and what your goals are. Because someone else's test, you know, it's not going to fit. It's not going to be cookie cutter, but it might give you some. I do love the idea of benchmarking, so it might give you some good ideas to think about and kind of pivot and and create your own um but yeah definitely not a great idea to to say oh hey you know amazon just changed your button color right they test they're testing a new button color let's test orange right that's not going to match with your brand and it's going to match with our brand i love our brand colors jason another plug um but like you know that's you know that's not going to work right so yeah it's got little thoughts got to be put into there jim
2: this has been awesome this has been awesome. I think we, we haven't talked a lot about optimization on, on the podcast and my mind is like racing of all the questions and I'm trying to be respectful to Jim, having kind of built out the structure for the multi-part series with you, Jason. So I'm trying to keep my questions focused. So Jim, keep us on it. So I'm not drifting too far off, but I, you know, this is such a, such an important topic and I'm glad that you're, you were open to, to joining us for this series um, our, our clients, this is an incredibly important topic, but just the world, like, you know, our listeners, I, I think whether they're in a optimization role or not, it impacts, it impacts everybody, every role. Um, and so, i definitely appreciate you being willing to, to share some of your, your wisdom. Um, because I, I think it's going to hit hard with our listeners.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I, you know, I, as you know, I love talking about this stuff. So, uh, you know, this is great. I'm just happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And I think that this, These episodes are going to hit home with multiple audiences, whether that's the VP who's trying to stand up a program, you know, the, the strategist who's actually running the program, or even those that are, you know, all puns intended, tangentially related, like you were, Jason, you were talking about, like, development folks, marketing folks, other people that aren't necessarily involved, but could have some kind of say.
1: Yeah. And you might, you know, someone, someone might hear this, you know, at a different level in the company and be like, Oh, I've, you know, I'd love to start an optimization. Pr- it might be a designer or it might be a developer. Like I'd love to start an optimization program at this company. How do I do it? Um, so yeah, any level you're right, Jim, different. Yeah, absolutely agree.
0: Cool. Well, thank you much for, for making the time today. Let's go ahead and wrap up there for, for this week. As I teased next week, we're, we're going to continue this, this theme. And we're going to talk about what not to do. Well, today we were talking about the things to do in standing up an optimization program. We're going to talk about the things not to do with fun. an optimization program. <laughs> yeah,
2: will be and, yeah. and, looking forward to it. Very And a very valuable discussion and crazy enough. And I didn't even think about it. It was my post on LinkedIn this morning that I talked about how we often talk about everything that we should do. We often forget. It's just as important to talk about the things that we shouldn't be doing or we won't do. So anyway mm-hmm. the universe kind of guiding yeah. there it's super Love important it. discussion
0: yeah sometimes the universe just gives you one it <laughs> it awesome well cool. thanks a lot guys uh let's go ahead and wrap up there and we'll talk to everyone later see you all right thank you see ya bye
1: see ya